0: It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil,
1: Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Could it went left? right. <laughs>
0: right. hello welcome to another touchy goodness podcast my name's lewis i'm joined by dr lee today how you doing bro
1: i'm all good man all good man that's some nice results today so i'm lovely sitting, results i'm kind of sitting with like a little bit of peppermint you know i'm sit, sit pretty pretty. Yeah, yeah, sitting pretty man. yeah it's nice. Pretty. nice just yeah, it um, obviously trying to create a nice gap for top four obviously Proud and passionate, keep it
0: humble. But yeah, you know yeah. top top four is always the goal, man. Top four is always the goal. You know, that those United that that, that they look like title contenders to wow. me. That United team,
1: they're on a march, mate. They're gonna take some stopping. So when you, when you
0: think about it, they've beaten Liverpool, they've beaten yeah. us, and they've beaten yeah. Spurs now. And you know, they've won you know, all three mm-hmm. games by what a two goal margin. Pretty convincing, oh. right?
1: We can't compete. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get how we can compete with that personally.
0: I don't think we can compete with it either. You know, I think when you've got them, Man City, I think, you know, we've just got to humble ourselves and top yeah. four is really the goal,
1: right? I hope we finish third behind United.
0: Yeah. 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 To be honest, I'm, I, I, I can't expect much more than that. You know, third, but third behind United. I think United are clearly the second best team in, in, in the land yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, yeah
1: should be challenging on
0: both fronts, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> But yeah, let, we, we've got to talk about our game. Um I, the thing is about this game, right? This Leeds game. And uh Dr. Lee, I know you haven't watched the, the, the full game, but mm. I don't really want to do like a um a full inquest into the game because I feel like it is a game mm. that was a bit you know one-offish. Yeah, um, it's not a game we're gonna particularly see. Too much this season. I don't. Well, I, I hope not. Anyway, yeah. if, if we if we do start to see this game more often, then I think you know we're gonna we're gonna start to see a lot more issues because let's face it, we, we were lucky, right? You know, yeah. we, we probably didn't deserve anything. Maybe maybe at most a point from that game.
1: I completely agree. Um, so yeah, like I said, I didn't watch it all, but I watched a segment of it. I'm gonna put it back all again and watch it all back again to, uh, as soon as I can. But yeah, we did look lucky. Um, I just feel that Leeds are one of the most intense teams in the league. Um, That they really, really put put it on us from a a running standpoint. Um, Some of the numbers you're seeing in terms of their tackles attempted, in terms of their pressures and things like that, were astronomical. They were out of this world. Uh, To the point where, obviously, we've seen a lot of stuff in boxing recently. I'm just thinking a bit, wow, it looks a bit funny.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And the same stuff as Conor Ben, yeah? Boy, boy, we don't know, man. (laughs) The the birth control. (laughs)
1: I don't, know, I don't know, man. You know them Americans will do anything to win,
0: right? They're ahead of the curve, man.
1: But um, yeah, they 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 really ramped it up against us. They've got a young team, they've got a pressing team. Jesse Marsh is from the Salzburg, Salzburg Red Bull School, so he's a very pressing coach. And I think we really struggled. I think we really struggled to get out. We really struggled to with the intensity. Um, our players looked leggy after the first half because they really pushed us so hard. I felt when when I looked at bits of the second half, we looked tired, man, and we really, really were camped in. So um at the end of the day, from a quick turnaround from the Europa League where it wasn't ideal conditions, we went to a, a cold country. I mean it wasn't that cold that day, but we went to a cold country. We stayed overnight. We only got back the day before or the day after that, that that we only have one preparation one day of preparation to go away to Leeds, one of the most intense teams in the league. You just get it, get it how you live, man. you just got to get come out of a win or come out of a win somehow. And we have. Um, yes, it might have been a bit lucky, but I'm, I couldn't care less, to be honest. Because, yeah, like I said, I'm not thinking that's going to be representative of every game in this league. Or I don't think that's representative of something that's massively wrong with our team. I just think some games are going to happen like that. And the fact we've managed to win under those conditions, couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you think that any parallels can be drawn to that second half and the second half we showed at Palace? Oh, mm,
1: yeah, to a degree, to a degree. I, I can see what you mean, because it was the only other half of football, like we said,
0: that we've had like that is the second half against Palace. Yeah, um, I don't think he, Palace was as bad as that one. It wasn't. No, I think bad. Palace didn't really have that many chances, but Leeds literally had like yeah, three, yeah. two or three massive chances and, and also the, the penalty incidents as well, which we'll probably get yeah. on
1: do so tell a lie. I say I don't think it's representative. There was an issue that I've been talking about, which is our, our physical profiles in midfield. Um, maybe you could have said because of um, we couldn't really match them physically, that might be an issue because as well as they're playing, Party is not the most physical guy in the world. He does win a lot of duels and he does do a lot of defensive work, but he's not the... Guess physical specimen. Odegaard loses a lot of his physical jewels. Shaka's not the most mobile person in the world. So when you've got those three midfield, mm, yeah, you, you could do a little bit better in that position, maybe. Um, and that would be a game if we had the squad for it to bring in a, a more physical profile, maybe. But I'm not really looking that much into it. I'm just I'm just happy we got the win. Um, Starboy Saka, the franchise, Time magazine's favourite. Um, <laughs> doing his thing, um, unlike certain man, but yeah, we so,
0: go yeah, like certain Star Wars. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, well, I, I think there's something that, you know, just mentioned Saka there. There's something that I've mentioned a few times on the pod this year that, you know, we've had this real knack of scoring when we, like, just when we absolutely need to score at the perfect time, we score. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, Like that game, I thought we, I thought the first half was actually, I I thought we actually did quite well in the first half. Mm. And I think our goal came at a period of, uh, I don't want to say dominance, but I felt like we were playing well. And Mm. at the time when we scored, we were worth the the lead, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. worth a 1-0. And I, I think that's something that as Arsenal fans, I think we can all relate with this, that we haven't always done that over the years mm, you know we've yeah. been on top in games and then we get sucker punched you know yeah. But it's, it's nice that I, I, I'm not sure about the stats but I'm, I, I think it might be eight of our ten games this season we've taken the lead does mm. that sound about right not about right we've been taking the lead a lot yeah season. and you know we're getting goals at these like opportune moments you know these clutch moments where you know, when when you're in the ascendancy, we talk about this a lot. When you're in the, the ascendancy, you need to make your position pay, right? You need to take advantage of it, capitalise and score. And um, we did that against Leeds, and ultimately that was enough to win the game. And it was a great finish by Saka. You know, right foot roof roofed in net, clinical. You know, that's that's something we've been asking Saka to add to his game. Is as he, he's ne- he never convinces me in front of goal, hmm. especially on his right foot. Mm. But he just rifled that one into the roof of net, man. It was a gr- it was a great goal.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic goal, and I think this is something that has really changed for us this season as a team. I, I was saying on the main pod the other day, um, but I didn't really go into it in too much detail. Since uh, Christmas 2020, when ESR came into the team and we played Chelsea and we beat Chelsea, from about that point we have been. If you look, obviously, hindsight's 2020. We've been a good team in the first two phases of play. We've been a good team in building out from the back. And we've been a, a good team getting better, obviously, in terms of progressing the ball through midfield um, and getting the ball to sort of that edge of that final third. Where until this season we've struggled is we struggled to really have that penultimate move to really create a good opening chance and then obviously the finishing. So this is why we never were... Able to sort of pull away in games, even if we were dominant, it was always but the other team was always in it. It was always by the odd goal, and we'd always have to work till the ninety minutes. Where I think this season has changed is the introduction of Gabby. Gabby being such a physical player, being a goal threat, and being just a handful, I think he put he he makes a massive difference in the team. The other part is the, the evolution of Martinelli. I feel like, remember we used to say that Saka's the only player who does something different to break open the game for us and that's why he was so important. Whereas now you've got Saka who can do it, you've got Gabi who can do it and Martinelli's coming to his own a bit and he's doing a bit of playmaking as well or breaking open the game or doing something a little bit different. And now you've got, three, all of a sudden you've gone from one player who's really carrying your attack to such a varied attack which is potent and threatening in all areas. Yeah. And because of that, we're being able to score. So before, like a year ago, when we go, we when we scored the first goal, we would probably go on to either win or draw and do well. Mm. When we went behind, we knew we weren't coming back. Oh yeah, we,
0: we, the, our record was terrible. it,
1: was awesome. yeah. it wasn't happening. Now the whole because of those additions, the whole team has confidence. When we as soon as we can see, we score again. We just mm. turn on and score again, or we can put put away two and three and actually create some distance and and play on easy for a little bit. Finally, seventy yeah. percent, which we haven't been able to do in a long time. So I, I'm really, really happy with that progression in attack, and I think that's been so important. I think the next layer of that now is to back that up, because if any of you those players, up exactly any of those three players are missing, then we're, we're in trouble. Number one, and we won't be able to have that same potency. But also, I would like a little bit more physicality in one of the wide positions, just to give us a different little option, a bit more 1v1 ability, a bit more physicality. But the most important thing is that player has to be a threat. They have to be fast, they have to be able to dribble, they have to be able to run in behind, and they have to be active in terms of their pressing and their harrying and things like that. But I think that's the player that we need, in addition, to really, really cement that level of threat and attack, because... Overall, it's kind of like putting the cherry on top of the cake. We build up, we were really, really good, and now we actually propose a threat to
0: opposing teams, which is which is
1: yeah.
0: we, we, we used to bemoan all the time. We have like do you remember that we used to see those stats of like the top 20 dribblers in the league and we wouldn't have a single one? Yeah, it's crazy. We've actually got four in the top twenty.
1: It's mad, isn't it?
0: After, four. four. Who's the fourth? Odegaard. Oh, swear down. Yep. Yeah. My boy. Odegaard er- is in the top 20 dribblers, um, like in terms of like completion, completion Anyway, yeah. uh, he's name. in the top 20 players in the Premier League, we got obviously Saka, Martinelli and Gabi, Jesus, so practic- essentially our, our, our whole front four yeah. are in the top 20 dribblers in, in the Premier League, which, you know, you, you used to bang on about it all the time, you know, we, yeah. we didn't have like 1v1 frets and didn't have you know, we, we just the only way we used to be able to score goals would be going round the sides, maybe cutbacks and yeah. relying on individual brilliance from some players, you know. And when you've got players who can, like you say, you know, just create that separation from defenders, get past a man, you know, create something with skill and as well as like speed and power. You've got so many assets to your attack, so many strings to your bow of your attack, and and you know, I thought I thought Marcelli had a re- really good first half. Actually, um, he was mm-hmm. probably our our best attacker. But you know, it was a game where I didn't think Gabby Jesus. It was probably Gabby Jesus. What was Gabby Jesus' worst game for us? But the fact that we still had Martialy and Saka doing their thing, I thought Erdogan was really good in the first half as well. Yeah. We can still click as a as an offensive unit. We're not. Jesus or a bust, yeah. which, you know, I think that's another good sign of, a, of like a really good team. Um, it's,
1: it's crazy because it's one player's attributes that has kind of unlocked the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is probably Gabby's worst game for us. But the fact that he's still working, the fact that he's still pressing, the fact that even when he plays bad, he's occupying centre-backs, he's taking them in behind, he's running, he's moving, he's just giving them a bad day just having that alone, rather than Lacazette, where they can push up 20 yards and just sit on him and, and he can't do anything, it makes a massive difference, even when he's playing bad. And as you said, we've got the other two boys, Martinelli, who's stepped up, Saka, who's doing his thing. Yeah, we, we're not a one-dimensional attack. Okay, if Saka will have an off game, Martinelli will rise it, Gabby will rise it. If Gabby has an off game, the other two will rise it. And that's what you need in an attack because not everyone's going to be on form all the time. It's just not going to happen. Not everyone's going to have a good day all the time. So we, we need that variety and we need several players who can win games for us.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I guess just going to um, the opposite side of the pitch. It was a uh, you know we were really tested, right? It was um, it was an interesting game for our two of our centre backs, where you know I think Gabriel has caught in the headlines. Mm. Um, for numerous reasons right i mean i thought he was fantastic on the day um but it's that bit at the end yeah where it depends what camp you're in right like i see a lot of people saying this is why gabriel is a liability and i I, to be honest i hear their point okay because that that without a weaker referee right Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a a referee who is maybe a bit more wedded to his decision, Mm. um, sends Gabriel off there, keeps his decision. We we drop points in that game. And that Mm. is nobody else's fault except for Gabriel. That Mm. that decision is completely out of his hands after he's decided what he's going to do, right? After he's decided to kick out. Now, the other side of the fence is obviously, which I think you're probably going to argue, is that you know, he was fantastic in the game and that's what people should take notice of. Yeah. But I think we've we've seen so many times at Arsenal, we have these defenders where brilliant for... Mustafi syndrome, brilliant for 89 minutes and then one minute, just complete bozo brains and cost us the game. Mm. Like, are you not worried at all about Gabriel? Because no. we've had this conversation before and I expressed my worry that I mm. feel like these mistakes are coming up a little bit too frequently. And I mm. didn't like that at the end of the game um, against Leeds. I think it could have ruined it for us, man.
1: No, don't get me wrong. I get people's point. I can see why. It could be in a problem. No problem. But I'm going to use a Mustafi comparison. The reason Mustafi made mistakes was because he was inadequate. He was inadequate as a defender. He was pushed to limits that he couldn't go to. So he'd end up lunging into a tackle, in a similar way to Shaka when he was at the defensive mid, lunging into a tackle because he hasn't got the physicality to actually make it. With Gabriel, Gabriel in terms of his defending, as he's shown on on the weekend, he's a man-mountain. So, when the game, we were under pressure, when the game was chaotic, when we had a lot of defending to do, who was the one who stood out out of sleep and Gabriel? And it's Gabriel. Because when it comes to Actually, defending on, on on everything on the line in terms of his, I'm, I'm adamant he is the best defensive center back that we have. Adamant. Um, and the only issues that he has, I think, in my opinion, which are mistakes, I'm not gonna lie and say he's not making mistakes. I think they're so easily coachable because he does, he's not deficient in anything, mm. he's got. Emotional issues because he's he, he gets wound up too easy and starts doing a madness. He's a young guy. He, he he can grow out of that, he can be coached out of that. The other thing I think he has is concentration issues. Because my my thing is when we are playing under pressure, when the game is chaotic, when balls are flying all over the place, and he's shown this when we were not very good. He stands out as a top defender. And I think any Arsenal fan will say that. He is the one who's Heading balls away, making blocks, making tackles, winning 1v1s, dominating the opponent. But the mistakes he's made, which ironically, are more this season when we're a better team mm. and it's been a bad touch here. When he's less got work practice, to do. Less work to do and he's not switched on and he takes mm. a bad touch and something happens. Or he's had nothing to do for the last 20 minutes and then it's a breakaway and then he does something a bit clunky and a bit clumsy when he's mm. not really set himself properly. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I I just feel like these are really easy things to coach. And it's not because he's inadequate. And I feel that when you actually look at his defending outside of this, he's a top level defender. And to discard that for these small issues that you can change, I think you can change, and I think they're coachable. And either way, for what he offers on the other end, which in my opinion, our other centre backs do not offer to the same level. Ben White doesn't offer that. Saliba doesn't offer that, in my opinion. I just think it's a no-brainer. I I, I proper rate him and I'm, I'm not that worried. You know, well, I'm, I'm, I say I'm not worried. It's an issue. I recognise it as an issue, but it's not enough to be willing to discard him or to replace him because I think he's a top-level defender.
0: Yeah, I I, I I hear what you're saying. I'm not calling for him to be replaced or anything like that. I just... He he scares me a little bit. I'm getting into that territory where the ball comes near Gabriel and I'm like, please don't fuck up. You're, you're panicking. And I don't like that feeling about Gabriel, you know? Yeah. Um don't like that feeling about my centre backs in general, and Saliba in general doesn't give me that feeling. But mm. I thought he was—he had his worst game. Yeah, he wasn't good. Us. You know, he wasn't good at all. He made quite a few mistakes. Obviously, gave away the penalty, mm. which I mean, I th- those kind of penalties, I'm always just yeah. like, it's was what it is. But it's, yeah, it's, a it's not a mistake. It's just he's yeah. hard, isn't it? It's just, of yeah.
1: But this it's is a bit what I, harsh. this is what I'm. I, I was saying about Saliba in France. This is the thing. I mean, obviously. I only, I only say it within Tachiguna circles. I don't really say it in the op circles. But um, the thing about Saliba, in my opinion, he, and where he had a lot of development to do, he in terms of his defensive actions and in terms of his ability as defender, he's top class, and he's got definitely got the highest ceiling of all of our centre backs. But he he makes common. He makes quite a few mistakes when he's under a lot of pressure. And you could see that in a Marseille team. I, I mean, I know everyone keeps saying, oh, it's a chaotic team. The team was all over the place. It was kamikaze. But the mistakes he was making, I don't see lesser defenders making them. And I feel that it's mental mistakes. It's um, just errors in positioning, errors in timing, concentration issues, little things that are not major, but they're small mistakes that often aren't capitalised on. Mm. But the you just don't see from from like obviously top, top level defenders. Now he's got top, top level ability, but then he's got still that way to go. And I feel like games like Leeds just show me that I feel like I'm right. I feel like I'm correct. Even though I'm the biggest Saliba fan going here, I've been hot on him from day one, there's just that little bit of you, you've got to improve in certain little things, man, just your body positioning, getting your feet right, particularly when you're doing high volume defending. So when when we're not doing high-volume defending, like we haven't really been this season. We've, I mean, what, second-least shots conceded, second-least um, XG or something like that, or, or third. We, we, we're not really defending in volume. So he is a very good in, in that kind of situation, and he's very good at on the ball. He's fantastic on the ball, really. So um, he, he's really shown himself to be a, a, the top talent he is. But when games like Leeds come and there's lots of volume, there's flying all flying all over the place and stuff like that,
0: you,
1: you can you kind of see where his, his development is to come. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, just just looking ahead then, because I think it was noticeable that, um, you know, a few of our players looked really tired. Like, I looked at Ben White. He, he came off after, um, what happened? Did Ben White come off maybe like 70 yeah. minutes or so? I think Ben Kirantini came off, he looked knackered. Yeah, and yeah. they they were just... Putting the ball in behind him every single time, you know, and he was just doing doggies the whole game. Yeah. Um, is, is I know we, we've we got PSV tomorrow in Europa League. Yeah. Is what kind of team would you look to to go with in that game? Because we need to win, right? We need to it get that done and dusted so yeah. that you know this is the by far the most difficult game in the group. You win yeah. this game, you're top of the group, you get a buy in the next round, and you can rest for the yeah. next, um. Free game, so what would you be looking to like? How strong are you looking to go against Piers i
1: I'm looking to do a similar team that we've been doing so far, um, like a hybrid. We, yeah, we really need to manage the load of these players. So, like mm-hmm. Martinelli's out with an injury, Zinchenko's still out of an injury. He's um, a crock and um, oh, you know,
0: me, it's pissing me off, man. We we
1: really need him at the moment as well.
0: We've got what like five fullbacks, and only one of them can stay fit consistently. Yeah, it's a nightmare, bro.
1: Uh, it's really annoying but um so I still wouldn't go with that team I'd obviously have a strong bench just in case see how it goes but we're at home um and I feel like PSV I don't know how good they are but are they that good um I, I just think uh we should still stick with a hybrid team depending on who's fit who who's struggling a bit more for fitness than, than the others etc um and they need to then share the minutes um I would definitely I know Martin is injured, I still would definitely not start Saka. I would definitely not start Saka. I would go with Marquinhos and Nelson. Um mm-hmm. because I really, really don't want to flog Saka like a dead horse at the moment, man. Um it's not good after such a tough game. So yeah, uh I, I I would um I would uh definitely go with a rotated team. Same as what we've been doing. Um whoever it's just whoever's fit. I don't know who like physically who who's there and who's not, but I, I definitely wouldn't be starting my main guys um, for the most part,
0: yeah. I guess one of the centre backs will have to play, right? So one of Siliba and Gabriel will have to play. Zaka mm. um, will probably play again. Even he, even he looked tired. For that, he did he look tired.
1: Looked, he never looks tired.
0: Yeah, he did look tired, and he <laughs> he did he play the full ninety minutes in midweek. He either played the full ninety minutes or um or the large no, he majority
1: came on. Of it. no 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 because no, um he came on
0: because
1: Zaka uh, didn't start against Glimps? Uh, no, because it was, isn't it, Odegaard who started
0: and Vieira. Oh, yeah, you might Jordan. be right, yeah, because Lukonga played, didn't he? Lukonga, Odegaard and Vieira and then Champions Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Champions. To be honest, I didn't watch the Bodo Blimp game, I just oh, saw the... No, yeah, you haven't missed much, it was funny. <laughs> no, I had no intention of watching, From time I heard we're playing on a plastic pitch in Norway yeah. and that they haven't lost a game for like, 15 games in Europe well, or they've won like 15 games in a row in Europe I thought this game is gonna be absolute hell yeah it was, it
1: you was know so.
0: it's one of those pitches and games where it's everything is stacked in the home team's uh yeah. favor and you're just not gonna get anything out of it but mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I, I guess that's just another example of us you know backs up against the wall and being able to to get a, a it, was, it was a sack of go again in that game, yeah,
1: right? Again, Starboy time franchise, you know, doing yeah this
0: thing, yeah. yeah. Is, is it like an, a, a different advert every time I look on the TV because we've got, gold. Gold. we've got clout? We've got clout, what I'm saying. Like, mm. we need to sign that
1: new deal, and like, we really need to make him the pin up way,
0: yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I'm, just having culture, worth the to top and toes. <laughs> Just, just a couple more things um I wanted to mention. I thought um I need to give my boy Ramsdale some props, man. Yeah, yeah, because I felt like this season was I personally, you know me, I'm always super defensive of Ramsdale, right? Yeah. M- maybe it's just something I don't see, and you guys are right, but um it, it was starting to feel like the back end of last season, like he was carrying that kind of form into it where we're just conceding from one shot um but i feel like he's h- like hushed the critics a bit in recent weeks really? with some if not spectacular displays just very solid
1: he's um, coming form cool, hasn't he
0: yeah I, and and to be honest we saw this at the beginning of last season as well where he did you know just come in and you know we'll see how his form develops towards the back end of the season where the pressure's on the games are coming thick and fast we need to win you know um but these are the games where i think the leads this leads game is the, is a sort of game where most of the criticism has been labeled at Ramsdale, right it's shot stopping yeah um i don't know how many shots leads i think Leeds had 16 shots mm-hmm. to be fair only four were on target but he made like three or four very very good saves and um you know, I'm sure a couple of their moments might might not have been shots as well, where he's come out, spread himself, yeah. um, in like one v one situations. Yeah. Um, I think he's developing as a goalkeeper, man. I really do, and he's, yeah. I just, I just, I think he he's probably gone under the radar a bit as a a good performer this season, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he's coming to some good form in the last few games.
0: Does um, he still worry you? Yes. Yeah. He worries you, but Gabriel, don't worry. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Because, because I
1: maybe it's because I'm not really good at analysing keepers, but Ramsdale, these mistakes look like they're 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 technical to me, or they're it doesn't look like it's, Gabriel, like I'm saying, these are mental, emotional, um, these are things that are like soft factors. Mm-hmm. but then when i see ramsdale it's like he's going for his arms or he's just letting a clangor and i'm just thinking this it reminds me so you you compared um, it to mustafi it reminds me more like the mustafi thing than than gabriel which is just all in his mm-hmm. head
0: but what know? but what kind of mistakes are you talking about with ramsdale where it's just like just like
1: when we went a lot of the goals he was letting in it's like should do better should do better should do better because te- technically you should do better mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying
0: yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it, I guess it depends on whether you believe he could do better or couldn't do better, or you know, it's, it comes down to a opinion, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd give my boy Ramsdale oh, some wrong. props. I,
1: I, what even then? But what we may lose from him from that perspective, um, we get from him with the playing perspective. I'm not mm-hmm. like it's not something I would I would not change. It. So if you ask me tomorrow, would I give Ramsdale a new contract? Because they've been talking about that to reward him because he's to get, give him a first uh, first choice keeper's salary. Yeah, Yeah, I would. Mm. He's 20,
0: What 24? Yeah. Back to time. No, I would definitely give him a new one. I
1: wouldn't be looking to replace one, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, where's Dr. Lee gone? Disappeared. Uh, Just talk to myself for a second until he reappears. There he is. He's back. You're back.
1: Whoa, don't
0: know what happened. (laughs) Um yeah, that's that's all right. Um, just uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Ödegaard as well. I thought um, he had like a really good first half. Mm-hmm. Um, m- maybe the sort of game where Ödegaard has been criticised for his performances in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, struggling to get into the game, maybe being bullied off of it a little bit. I thought he, he you know, he fell off second half, mm-hmm. but first half I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch actually.
1: I thought it was really good in the first half. So the first half, I watched all, pretty much all of it, apart from um, like, well, yeah. I thought it was really good, really, really good. Um, he uh, he he does get criticised in his games, and I don't think these games are ideal for him. If I'm honest with you, because we already don't have the most athletic mm-hmm. midfield, and he really, you really kind of carrying him in terms of the physical jewels. So you really need him to to perform in terms of his quality, in terms of his playmaking, in terms of his creating chances, um, and 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 he needs to start shooting more and being a bit more productive. But um, overall, first half that's what I want from him really. I think he was he was pretty good as good as he's gonna gonna be in like in the game because it was a relatively even game. Um, second half, from what I've seen, again a struggle like the whole team, um, but. Odegaard gets a lot of. I feel like he's a bit of a lightning rod player. There's people coming on down either on either side. I'm. I just don't understand personally the other viewpoint. I, I just don't get it. I. I think he's a top player. I think he's definitely one of our best players. If you had to say is he's in, he's in our top four. I'd say he's in our top four players in the team. Um, and I feel that.
0: Really. When,
1: yeah, when he plays, you you do Who's been the four? Um, I'd say uh, party, Jesus, Saka, and Odegaard
0: are the top four players in our team. Hmm. So not in terms of importance. You're just saying in terms of oh, like just ability. The best just the best players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. Um. I. I just. I mean, people are talking about Madison. People are talking about this and that. I'm like. Mm. Just don't see it. I don't see it. I think I think he's exactly what we need. And I feel like um I understand exactly why Arteta brought him into the team. And I think since he's come into the team, don't get me wrong, every player can improve. I think he's been very, very good. I think he's been a really good signing.
0: Yeah, I think he has as well. Um I, I still I still have those Meza Erzil kind of concerns about him that like like I said, these these kind of tough games up north I do mm-hmm. wish he would perform a little bit, you know, show a bit more bollocks than he has done. But I thought he he went to a way uh, went a to improve in that um, on Sunday. So, you know, he's he's had a, I think he's had a decent start to the season, right? The yeah, we asked him to score more. We've asked him to create more. Yeah, he's, he's done both. He's his doing job. his job, right? He's uh, he's got. What's well, he got? Four goals this season, is it? I think it's
1: three and. Three and four, or something.
0: We'll three, three and, and four. I mean, yeah, our, our whole front four is is scoring goals and creating chances, so we can't can't really pick a bone in that, really, can we? No, yeah, not at all, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got obviously we've got PSV tomorrow. Um, we spoke a little bit about that, but then we've got um, our next game is against Southampton away. No. That Southampton away game last year for us was. Mm was that like the, was that the game after the palace game last year i believe it might have been was that away it, it was away yeah when we um we lost 1-0 i think oh, um it's not been the happiest of grounds for us if I, if i remember correctly yeah. in recent years i don't remember us winning there too often uh, over like the past 5 years or so i know I think we lost them in the FA Cup. Um we we definitely lost to them last season. Um Bednarak scored. Um we was just we were just oh, it says we had 23 shots in that game. I don't remember it being that way. I think uh, I think they were just a lot of like nothing chances really. But mm-hmm. um yeah, it's it's a game where we you know, historically we haven't really done too well at Southampton. And yeah. Southampton aren't a good team. Nah. So this should really be a, a game where we have a, I don't want to say an easy time, no no easy games in the Prem, but really it should be a game that we're expecting to win, right?
1: I, we should be expecting to win, but I do think the game's going to be a struggle because, um, number one, I think fatigue's really starting to set in and we're, we're really starting to stretch the squad. Um, and like the niggles and the injuries are starting to set in with this period. Like We're well into this Thursday-Sunday condensed programme. I feel that it's another young team, another pressing team with a pressing coach from that um, same Red Bull school. I don't think we do very well against that, particularly after another Thursday, uh, which could be another tough game. So I feel like the game will be difficult. It's not ideal. If we're going to play Southampton, I'd rather us play with a week rest or a time that... We, we, we've uh, not really got fitness issues or physical issues. But I feel like if we were fresh, I wouldn't be worried at all. I think we'd go and wipe the floor with them. But because we're not, I think it'll be a tough game. And I, it'll really depend on how we get through the PSV game, what starting lineup we put out, how much we have to put into that game and what kind of injuries or niggles we come out with at the other end depending on that is how we're going to do in the southampton game because they've got they've just played today they just beat bournemouth 1-0 um and um they're going to have an extra day's rest on us as well um so it'll i think a, a lot of the game will be how are we physically um uh, that that's what's going to depend on
0: yeah is is there anything specific tactically you'd look to do in that game you know i, I did feel like the game against um leeds I know Zinchenko wasn't available, but you know, um, I don't. I don't. When is Zinchenko back? Because I feel like th- this yeah. might be a game that you know, if, if Zinchenko is available, I'd look to play Zinchenko. We don't know when he's back. I mean, uh, he, um, Arteta
1: didn't rule him out for PSV. Even he said they're both going to be assessed, him and Martinelli, depending mm-hmm. on if they have both got calf problems. Um, and, uh, from a tactical perspective, um, it's another game that I would. Um, it, it all depends on how we play out the back. So I think Zinchenko playing would be very, very important. I completely agree. um The game would be how we play out the back and how we cope with their press, and then how we can compete with them in the middle of the pitch. I think if we can play out the back and we can beat their press and we can um, match them in the middle of the pitch and not create too many turnovers, I think we'll win comfortably. But that that kind of game takes a lot of energy out of you and. Obviously, when you're a bit leggy, the quality comes down and that's when you you start falling into their traps and you start losing the ball. So if we're sharp and everything's accurate and we play the back very well, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Um, and also, I do think we need to get some early goals and we need to be able to take this thing out of the game. Because if we go into the 60-70th minute, nil-nil, similar to against Leeds, I think we'll gas out um so it's going to be interesting to see if we can get an early lead and maybe get two nil up so we can really take this thing out of the game and then we're controlling the tempo we're controlling the energy that we're putting into it
0: yeah it's it's very important that we do win this game so over the weekend i think chelsea have got united tottenham Mm. have got um they've got newcastle Mm. which you know based on what i saw this evening i can see newcastle turning spurs over Mm. um so it's an important game in terms of, you know, yeah, just taking take advantage of teams dropping points around us because one of uh, Chelsea and Man United are going to have to drop points. Ideally, a draw in that game would be brilliant. You yeah. know, if Spurs can lose to Newcastle, all of a sudden you're looking at, and we if we get a win, all of a sudden you're looking at maybe a, you know, uh, a 12-point, a 10-point gap to Chelsea, yeah, you know, um seven points to to Newcastle up to to Tottenham. As, uh, you know, yeah, even that, more on Man United. These are. F-
1: that's. I mean, crawling to fourth, man. That's, <laughs> that's what we'll be doing. <laughs> to that's that's making this music to my ears. But um yeah, that would be nice if we could get that win. Um Like I said, it's. It's all about how, how we get through physically. To be honest, that's also like I care about. But I would love to win against PSV as well because then we can really take the pressure off for the, the other games um, after that. Um, in terms of, but I, I would really rotate in this game because not being rude, I think we've got Nottingham Forest after Southampton. Yeah, at home, I'd be more. I, I back us more to win that game if we're a bit leggy, mm. than if um, than the Southampton game really. So I would like to rotate for the Southampton game. See how he goes. Have a strong bench. If we don't win, fair enough. We we go stronger in in the next game, and then we've got um, Nottingham Forest after that. So i would be more inclined that we're going to win that at home.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just. See, so you, you're actually serious about this top four stuff, right? Yeah, we're four, we're four points clear of Man City at the top.
1: Yeah, so the top four is on. <laughs> I
0: can't, I can't, I can't get any title talk out of you. Know?
1: No, that's fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I think anyone who talks about it is absolutely insane
0: <laughs> fair enough man fair enough yeah. well um i think we'll uh call it in the evening there um yeah. i think we covered all bases, haven't we yeah yeah. yeah. yeah we almost, it's basis. late man <laughs> it is late we're all busy people and we got early starts tomorrow so um thank you everyone for listening uh, we'll be back again uh, next week with uh, another Touch podcast. Take it easy, guys. In a bit. Cheers. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Urzil. Lacazette.